Chapter 22, The Final Confrontation, Part 2 Although Tim had seen the face of Dracula before, he had never seen Dracula in his full physical glory, and the sight was imposing indeed. Somehow, the parts of the Count had come together and woven themselves into a creature that fairly glowed with good health. Count Dracula stood well over six feet tall. He looked like a bodybuilder who used human blood as his after-workout cocktail. His eyes blazed red and his cape shone with pure blackness. It spread out behind him like the wings of a bat. Tim found himself incapable of coming up with any jokes or puns. In the presence of Dracula, it was difficult to imagine a world with anything funny in it at all. Linda, cried Simon. Linda, get away from him. She can't, said Dracula, eyes flaring. Dracula, said Simon. I have fought against you all my life. I have to finish that fight now. Oh dear, I was afraid you say that. Well then, I'm afraid that if you make even one little step toward me, then I'll have to end this young lady's life. And you wouldn't want that, would you? Simon lowered his whip. Simon, don't, called Tim. All of Castlevania is at stake. Stake? That reminded Tim. The stake was still on the ground. If he could just pick it up, if he could just sneak around. I must surrender. There were tears in Simon's eyes. I cannot stand here and watch her die. I love you, Linda. I love you more than my own life. That's right, Simon. Do think of priorities, snarled Dracula. So then, do we make a deal? Or are negotiations still in order? While Dracula was busy speechifying, Tim was busy sneakifying. Without attracting the vampire's attention, the teenager stepped over to the stake, picking it up, and began to creep up on Dracula from behind. There is nothing more to talk about, said Simon. You must leave Castlevania. What? Banished from my kingdom? No. Simply leave. Dracula chuckled sourly. Thanatos would boil me alive should I return to the dimension of monsters. Go somewhere else, then. What? Earth? I didn't fare very well there. Not well at all. That is why I came to Castlevania. It was much more hospitable here. Why should I leave? Because, said Tim, you're such a jerk. And he ran with all his might toward Dracula. The Count turned and hissed. But the charge did catch him off guard, and he could not hang on to his captive. Linda Entwistle, long dress and tresses fluttering, broke away and ran. Tim pushed the stake toward Dracula's heart, but the vampire was too quick. He caught the wood in his powerful hand at the last moment, and he wrenched it away from the boy as easily as a diner might wield a toothpick. He tossed the stake over the side of the tower. Pah! Foolish mortal! You think that stake will stop me? He advanced towards Tim, claws outstretched. Simon hurled the morning star. It snapped on Dracula's arm and the Count flinched, but he did not stop his advance. He grabbed Tim Bradley by the front of his shirt and pulled him up so close that Tim could see the little grooves on the side of the vampire's fangs. I will deal with you later, Belmont. First, though, I wish to pay back a smaller debt. Tim felt helpless in such a powerful grip, but Dracula held him in such a way that Tim could reach into his own back pocket, and he did just that, pulling out the little portable game player that he had snuck into school and promptly forgotten all about. What is that? snarled Dracula, a look of alarm in his eye. Why, it's the latest thing from Earth, Dracula. Haven't you heard of it? A vampire zapper. A vampire zapper? said Dracula. Absurd! Au contraire, Drac. This, you see, is my secret weapon. Prepare to be zapped. And Tim pressed the button. The machine made a terrible series of sounds, and Dracula nearly jumped out of his skin. 
In just a moment, he would see that the device was harmless, but the distraction was just enough to give Simon the time he needed. Thwack! Dracula gasped and he looked down. Where there had once been only his suit and a clean white shirt, there was now a wooden stake sticking out. But, he gasped, but I, I threw the stake away, said Dracula as he weaved dizzily back and forth. I had an extra, said Simon. The hero tossed the oil onto the count, and he lit a match. Well, said Tim Bradley, so much for Dracula. He certainly did pop off to his home dimension spectacularly, didn't he? Yes, said Linda Entwistle. She leaned into Simon Belmont's big chest nuzzling. And he didn't look very happy about it, but I'm certainly glad to be at home, especially now that I've got this. She held up her hand. On her ring finger, in a setting of gold, was the very diamond that Simon had picked up along the way of the quest. It will be nice to have a husband, especially a hero husband, but I suspect that husbands are much the same, hero or no hero. Simon looked a little puzzled, but happy. Tim could only laugh. They were sitting outside the inn now. It was a beautiful day. As soon as they had cast Dracula back to the dimension of monsters, all the clouds and the storm signs had blown away, and the sun had come out, beautiful and golden. With the help of a little magic, the heroes and the heroine had returned to their hometown, where there was great fanfare and celebration to meet them. I brought something for you, Tim, said Linda and Whistle. Something from the dimension where I was imprisoned that they don't have here, but I know you like. She pulled out a large bar of rich brown milk chocolate. Tim could feel himself about to drool at the very sight of the pieces of deliciousness. Boy, he wanted to just take it all in his mouth and chew it up and let the wonderful gooey stuff slide down his throat and... Wait a minute. No, he didn't. Well, maybe he did. But now he realized that he had something far more wonderful than just a love for chocolate. He had control. He had a choice. Thanks, Linda. That's very nice of you, but I think I'll pass for now. She smiled prettily at him. Okay, I understand. I'm not really trying to tempt you, Tim. No, I realize that. It's just that it's nice to be able to say no. Well, Linda, said Simon, I suppose it's about time for you to help Tim get back home. Home. The whole concept was different to Tim Bradley now. These past two and a half days in Castlevania had changed him so much that he really didn't think of home in the same way anymore. Hey, he said. What's the hurry? Just let me stay here for a while. I mean, I'm just getting to know you guys. And I've not gotten to known the real Castlevania either, the sunny, happy Castlevania. Linda shook her head sadly. I'm afraid, Tim, that already your presence here is creating a wrong vibration in both Castlevania and on Earth. We'd like you to stay, Tim, but for everyone's sake, it's best that you go. Simon looked very troubled. I shall miss you, Tim. You have been a good friend. Tim nodded. He'd miss the big guy, too. They shook hands. Oh, one little matter, said Tim. As long as you seem to be able to shift dimensional time and space, I don't suppose you'd be willing to ship me back to someplace other than the boys' room where you found me? There's this huge guy named Bart outside the door waiting for me to come out. Linda Entwistle looked at Tim with less respect than Tim had hoped for. Now, Tim, you have faced far scarier things than your junior high school rival here in Castlevania. Yeah, but back there, that's reality. This has been reality too, Tim, said Simon seriously. I know, but this is your reality. Back there, that's my reality. And don't you think that your reality back there has changed you from your experiences here? Tim thought about it. 
Yeah, I guess you're right. Still, I don't really want to face... We must face all our problems, even the small ones, said Linda Entwistle. If we don't, then we become our own problem. <sighs> okay, okay. But will I ever be able to come back? In many ways, Timothy Bradley, said Simon Belmont, you will never leave. They solemnly shook hands. Linda Entwistle took something out of her pocket. It was the crystal that had helped them so many times during their trip. Now it held a dazzling collection of rainbows inside. Linda whispered some words. A door appeared. Through it, Tim Bradley could see his own world. Or rather, the tile wall of the boys' room of his junior high school. You will return just two seconds after you left, said Simon. Tim took a deep breath and headed for the door. Tim, said Simon. You really won't need the whip. Rats, said Tim. He took his weapons and handed them back to Simon. I guess you're right, though. I'm going to have to face Bart with my bare fists. Simon shook his head. Tim, I realize that we have experienced much violence here in Castlevania, but that was a sad necessity. From what I can tell, back in your home world, there is far too much violence. Perhaps you should try and deal with your rival in a different way. And you will be nonetheless a man for it, promised Linda. Tim sighed. You're right. He gave Simon another handshake and he gave Linda a hug, and then he turned to the door between dimensions. Ah well, said Tim Bradley. At least he's not Dracula. They are all Draculas, said Simon Belmont. But they can all be bested, Tim. Remember that, and stay true to what you have learned in Castlevania. Tim Bradley smiled, took a deep breath, and stepped back into his own world. Castlevania had been pretty rough, true. But there was really nothing scarier or more challenging than junior high school.